It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Today, we have an awesome message from a guy with an awesome name. His name is Tom Villalobos, and he's coming from Southern California. Now, I want to encourage you today with your influence in other people's lives. Often, we don't realize the scope of our influence and what our influence can do to change a person's life, both as a church and as individuals. One of the things that we teach in the track is that leadership is influence and influence is leadership. Are we leading the way to Christ with our influence? I want to begin with a scripture verse that is familiar perhaps to you. Acts chapter 17 verse 28. And then we're going to dive into it and see just exactly what Paul was talking about when he shared this word. Actually, it has to do with influence. Let me read it. Acts 17, 28. For in him, talking about Christ, we live and move and have our being. And then this, many people see this as just a tag on the end of this verse. It, this verse is completed with, with the, these words. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So let me read it in its entirety. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offering. Now when we quote this verse, we leave the second half off. But this verse is made up of two sections. The first of which is our relationship to Christ. In him we live, move, and have our being. The second part is our relationship to others. We'll see that in just a moment. First, our relationship to Christ. Our lives in Christ are all-encompassing. They are or, or speak to us of He being in us, we being in Him. Every movement we have spiritually, physically, emotionally, everything that we live in our lives every filler of our being, it's all in Christ. In Him we live. In Him we move. In Him we have our being. When someone has made that kind of commitment to Jesus Christ, it's because they've been greatly influenced by their need of a Savior. They've been greatly influenced by who Jesus promises to be to them. And so, in him we move, in him we live, in him we have our being, is a direct result, these words, of the influence of Jesus Christ in our lives. Now, the flip side of that influence is found in the second section of that verse in Acts 17, verse 28. As some of your own poets have said. Now, this phrase speaks to the influence of others in our life in perhaps not so good of a way. The in him we live part 
is actually Paul quoting the writer slash poet Aratus, who used those words in a poem that he had written called Phenomena that opens with a prayer that honors the Greek god Zeus. So what you probably did not know when you read and quote this scripture verse is that Paul is quoting a poet. And these words, in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your poets have said, actually is referring to the influence of a culture, a spiritual culture of Greek mythology. Let me read just a part of what Paul is actually quoting on. It's, it's a poem that begins or opens with a prayer that honors the Greek god Zeus. Let me read the, the, the poem that Paul is quoting. Zeus, let us never leave his name unloved. With him, Zeus, we are filled. All paths we tread and all the marts of men filled to the sea and every creek and every bay. And all, in all things, need we the help of Zeus, almighty and forever. What Paul was quoting here was saying to the Greeks this, you have chosen as your life influence Zeus, a mythical God. And you've decided his influence will be your all in all. He will be your being. He will be in you. He will be your life. He will be all encompassing to you. And then really what he was saying to them and to those who would hear, I have chosen Jesus Christ as my influence. So here we are today, 2,000 years later, and Zeus is but a mythical character whose influence is only found in literature. And Christ Jesus Today, 2,000 years later, is still changing lives. He's saving people. He's healing people. He's restoring people. He's liberating people. He's transforming people. Why? Because of the influence of a man, Jesus Christ, whose influence was not just verbal, but it was indeed as well in his actions on the cross, his sacrifice. Now, we're talking today about your influence, so let me remind you of something. John chapter 14, verse 12, says this, whoever believes in me, Jesus is speaking, whoever believes in me, the same works that I have been doing, you will do also. The same influence I have had on the world, you should have. That's what Jesus is saying. Social media has coined a, a, a word influencers to describe people who have an audience or who have followers, which really for the media platforms and sites translates into money. So they're popular, not only to the people that follow them, but they're popular to the companies that, whose platform they use. So our influence 
is to extend beyond temporary things like money and into that which is eternal. Didn't say money wasn't important. We need it. It's a tool for us to use uh, for the gospel's sake. But our influence is to extend beyond temporary things and into that which is eternal. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, the Bible tells us you are the salt of the world. Now remember, we're talking about your influence. In this verse, salt is listed as a catalyst. Now a catalyst is, and here's the definition, is the causing or the speeding up of a chemical reaction by the presence of a substance that doesn't change its mass. You'll probably have to listen to that two or three times, press rewind, uh, because that may not mean much to you. But let me give you some other words to describe what catalyst is. Here's an example. A catalyst is an enthusiastic, energetic person that can cause, just in talking to you, a chain reaction whereby you become enthusiastic and you become energetic without changing the mask, without changing the actual person. See, only Christ Jesus can actually change you, can actually transform you. But you can be a catalyst towards him changing your friends, your family, those you are sharing Christ with. You can be the catalyst. You can be the salt. <coughs> in, in John chapter 3, verse 17, as an example of this, Jesus is the catalyst sent into the world. He's the agent of change then, an influencer to save the world. Let me read it to you, John 3, 17. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, he was a catalyst, through his message might be transformed, might be changed, might be, as the new King James says, saved, saved. Are you realizing too tonight, I hope that you are, that you've been sent into the world as salt. You've been sent into the world uh, as, as a, to, to be a chemical reaction in somebody. You've been sent into the world to, tra to, to be the catalyst that, that moves them towards Jesus to transform their lives. Let me conclude our time in the Word tonight uh, by showing you how to be a catalyst for change, how to be an influencer. Let's go, first of all, to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, and I'm, I'm going to read you uh, from verse 12 through verse 17. Mark chapter 2, verse 12 through 17. This, this uh, story here is about four people who decided to be a catalyst in somebody's life. And in Mark chapter 2, uh, beginning at verse 12, the Bible says, this is the story of the paralytic being healed. It's the end of the story. And we'll go to the, the beginning of the story in just a moment. But verse 12, immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went into the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified uh, God, saying, we never saw anything like this. What they hadn't seen before and what they were glorying God about was these four guys 
who took their paralyzed friend to where Jesus was preaching in a house, couldn't get in because it was so packed, so they went up on the roof and dug through the roof and get, got him down before Jesus. <clears throat> now, that's an amazing story. Uh, and and uh, the, the Bible says here in, in chapter 2, uh, going on to verse 13, Then he, Jesus, went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them, and he passed by. He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many that followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees, the religious people, the religious folk, saw him eating with tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard them, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician. Those who are, uh, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. What Jesus just said to these people who were criticizing him for being around people who were sinners and unrighteous, what he said to them was this. I'm here on the earth to influence people who are in need. I'm here to influence people who need a savior, who need a healer, who need their lives changed and transformed. So that's the end of the story. Let's look at the four guys who were influencers and help their friend with their influence and what that will speak to us in our lives of influence. Let's, let's look at these four people of influence. Same chapter, Mark chapter 2, and let's begin at verse 1. We'll read five verses. And again, he, talking about Jesus, entered Capernaum, after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Everybody say, in the house. In your house, say, in the house. <laughs> All right. Immediately, many gathered together. I guess it wasn't 2020. So that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. And they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven of you. Now, now notice in, in verse 5, before he was healed, which we already read in verse 12, before he was healed, he was forgiven. As we call it, he was saved. Now, I want you to notice these four guys and their influence. We're going to pull three things out of what we just read concerning your influence as modeled by them, what you can do to influence others for the cause of Christ. Number one is the influence of bearing someone else's burden. If you're taking notes, number one, the influence of bearing someone else's burden. Look at verse 3 again. These four friends, 
Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. This paralyzed guy was carried by four men. One of the greatest ways we can influence people for Christ is to bear or carry someone's burden while they're in crises. This means you get actively involved in somebody's life during a crisis. This man's crisis was that he was paralyzed. He needed to get in front of the healer. Really, he didn't know it, but he needed also to get in front of the Savior. And what kind of influence did his four friends yield, wield on, on his behalf? They picked up his burden, the burden of his crippled body, and they carried him to where Jesus was. This wasn't a drive-by, hey, Jesus loves you, or holding up a sign, hey, John 3.16 at a football game. No. Someone once said, people don't care about what you know. What they, what they want to know is that you care. And so influence is not necessarily about driving by somebody and saying, hey, <coughs> Jesus loves you. No, it's bearing their burden in crises, just like these four guys did. That influenced what was going to happen that day. The, the second influence that we see by these four guys that is expressed is number two, the influence of breakthrough. The influence of breakthrough. Let's read verse four again. And when they could not come near Jesus because the crowd was so thick, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. The influence of breakthrough. Roofs in that day were constructed of beams. And then on those beams was a woven thatched, uh, uh, made out of reeds. Uh, uh, and this thatch roof, then they would pack on top of it manure. And that manure would harden and dry, and then they would put a, a hard uh, a surface on top of the manure. And what this speaks to us today is a great way to influence somebody's life for Jesus Christ, a great way to get breakthrough for someone is to dig through their, shall we say, crap, to get through the manure that is their life, to dig through it to get a breakthrough. And, and what this is speaking to us is it, it takes work and labor to help someone get their breakthrough. And these four guys were willing to use their influence, their strength, their abilities 
to get this guy before Jesus. Influence is labor. Influence is commitment. Influence can smell, can be messy. Influence can be digging through crap, manure, the manure of somebody's life. But if people need a breakthrough, it very well could take that. And then the last thing that we want to share with you, number three, the influence of putting someone in front of Jesus. Let me read verses four and five. And when they could not come near him, Jesus, because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, how did he see their faith? The man had been let down through a hole in the roof and he was now in front of Jesus. They put their friend in front of Jesus. They brought their friend this story tells us, to the house. They brought their friend, the story tells us, to where people were gathering, to where the crowd had assembled. Get your friend to church. Get your friend to your small group. Get your friend to where people are, celebrating Jesus, worshiping Jesus, receiving from Jesus. In the old days, they used to say, um, you need to, to get under the spout where the glory comes out. Well, um, we don't say those kinds of things anymore, but um, your friend, your family member, your co-worker, they may be in crises. They may need a breakthrough. You need to get them to Jesus. Get them to the gathering. Get them to the house. Get them to church. Get them to your small group. Get them into your home. Get them to a place where they can sense and feel the tangible presence of God as corporately the body of Christ worships and, and honors the Lord. Get your friend in front of Jesus. You have more influence than you know. These four guys wielded their influence on behalf of their friend, and he got saved and he got healed in the most difficult of circumstances. Let me close with this. Recently, I was sent a link to a mini documentary about 10 minutes long on YouTube uh, that uh, this media group in Florida wanted me to watch. And so I, I turned it on and, and, and put it on, and the title of it was Save the Church. <clears throat> and... As this documentary began, it, it began the first few minutes uh, with the story of what's happening in our world today and how um, the church is, is being deemed non-essential and we're being swept under the rug and, and, and put aside, uh, told not to gather. And, and this, this mini-documentary uh, goes on to detail how important it is for the church to actually be meeting and be in place. And then all of a sudden, this young man comes on the screen and he gives his testimony. And he he says in his testimony, many years ago, I, I was living in Southern California, and he said, I was a drug addict. Uh, and he, he said, I, I was a bartender. And he said, I... I 
I've had a desire for God, but but I was hooked on drugs and and uh, I wasn't in an environment in my life where um, I was doing what I needed to do to serve the Lord. And he said, so I, I couldn't go to church anywhere on a Sunday morning because I would bartend at night and it was just, uh, I, I couldn't get up that early because uh, bars are open late into the wee hours of the morning. And he said, so I started going to this church in Southern California. He said the name of the church was Oak Valley Church. He said, I'd go on Wednesday night and the pastor was teaching and he began to teach one Wednesday night and he said, somebody here is dealing with a relationship that is not uh, of God and God wants to have breakthrough in your life. If that's you, come on up. And this young man says, I'm, I'm normally a shy person, but I got up and I ran to the altar. I got there quickly and and uh, he, the pastor began to minister to me and he said that I uh, all of a sudden felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. And that day he received breakthrough and uh, shortly thereafter he apparently then moved to Florida and, and is a part of, of uh, uh, does these miniature documentaries for his channel. Uh, and uh, was telling the story, the testimony of his life and how he had been saved and powerfully uh, influenced by the, this, this church, Oak Valley Church, which if you hadn't figured out yet is ours, and the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Why I told you that story is because you will never know the influence that you have had. You may find out years later, you may find out in heaven, but if you will do whatever is necessary to share the love of Christ, one of the best ways is when people are in crises. One of the best ways is for you to get down and dirty with them and help them receive their breakthrough. One of the best ways is to get someone to church, get someone to a small group, get someone into your home, get them in front of Jesus. You have more influence than you know. And if you can share that influence, our world will be changed. Listen, I, I trust and hope that you've received something from this. Realize this life goes quickly. It's going to pass very quickly. And all that really is going to remain is not your body. It's going back into the earth. What's going to remain is your influence. Jesus' physical body that he used while on the earth is no longer here. We know that we are the body of Christ. But oh, his influence is felt in what he says in his word and what he does through the body of Christ. That's you. Tell somebody about Jesus. Get somebody this Sunday to the house of God. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.